Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put on important news. With us today, does he need an introduction? I don't think so. Sheldon Imitosh, founder, chairman, 3D Capital, trades on the CSC under IDK, and for our friends in the U.S., IDKFF. Uh, I don't know, for those new to the story, I guess there's still going to be more of you because 3D Capital is doing some amazing things. They essentially invest in disruptive, great companies, and they provide investors with an opportunity to participate in the ground floor in opportunities that they otherwise couldn't do themselves. So for example, small cap stocks are early stages, but beyond that, private disruptive technologies, even digital currencies, things that you'd never be able to get your hands on if you're, if you're just a regular retail investor, but you get that exposure for, through 3D Capital. And of course, always, Sheldon's never moved his, away from his roots, the resources sector. He loves that space. Sheldon, welcome back, my man. Great to be here, George. Lots to talk about. You've been on a tear. It seems like every couple of days, there's an announcement that comes out. IntelliBridge, 375,000. Windfall Geotech, 350. ePlay, on and on. So we're going to talk about those. Uh, but before we get into those, because I want to know, Generally speaking, should investors be reading your frequency of new investments as you being generally bullish on the tech sector? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, this isn't something that is a trade or is a short-term phenomenon. You know, we are in a secular major, you know, transformation, if you will, in technology. And I think that there's been a shakeout and it shook a lot of people's confidence because things got a bit, you know, uh, a bit uh, hot, if you will. And I think that some of the fundamentals uh, kind of were stopped being looked at. So I think that uh, our view is absolutely rock solid. Uh, we're as much capital as we have to invest. We're going to be pedal to the metal and we're extremely positive. And if I could say the longer run. And you're loving the disruptive tech, AI, AR, uh, FinTech, eSports. It seems like you're continuing uh, investing in those trends. No, absolutely. And, and what's interesting now is things are snowballing because of the visibility of some of our companies. And, you know, one of the ones that, uh, George, it was the first company you introduced me to, which was uh, I, I'll call it Gamble, but uh, eSports uh, Entertainment, uh, which was on the pink sheets in the U.S. and now is on NASDAQ, uh, continues to like just absolutely be a star. And I think it is finally getting its legs. Well, the, the you know, I'm chairman of the advisory committee on that, and I've had a lot of visibility. And as a result, our deal flow in the uh, eSports arena um, has just catapulted and we're seeing a lot of great projects, um, more to come, some with sports stars. Uh, and so this, this is really what I wanted to do uh, in terms of focus. This is a space that uh, also uh, bridges to other things that we're doing, like a recent uh, investment in a company called Amped, which uh, is a technology that's gonna help esports and eliminate the uh, latency we invested in Wind Geotech. Well, that, that basically is a bridge, as you mentioned, the name uh, between disruptive technology and junior resources in yeah. terms of 
using AI for discovery. So all of this feeds into each other. And then at the end of the day, what I like to do is introduce some of our companies to others so they can create partnerships because they're great fits, but in the real world, they may, they may never have met each other. And I believe that that's how you truly uh, develop scalability is through partnerships. And so all of this fits in together. And there's another great lesson going back to GMBL. I think for everyone at home, there's another great lesson, GMBL. You were able to uh, find research, do due diligence and invest in this company when it was on the OTC, right? Early stage. And you've, you were able to pick another winner and it off it goes off. It's on the NASDAQ now trading at, at, some, at some point, 10 times higher than the price that, that you acquired it at. So hopefully for everybody at home, that just drives point to home, that that just drives home the point that Sheldon and 3D Capital find those companies at these early stages when you be way ahead of it and be nervous and he's able to see them through. Let's talk about some of your favorites that we've talked about before. Uh, and then we'll talk about some of the new investments. Peak FinTech, PKK on the CSE. Uh, FinTech, lending, China, it just seems like, that's a company you discovered a year ago and is absolutely blowing up now in terms of its execution. Yeah, and, and I guess uh, uh, maybe a, a sort of uh, a latency point I'll mention on, on when you talk about GMBL, but as similar to Peak and some of the others is the patience one needs to have to hold on to these things. I mean, as we've talked, me and you, we were both extremely bullish on GMBL. But for whatever reason, it took the market some time to discover its potential. And a lot of that had to do is it was a new name. And even though that it achieved NASDAQ, uh, it's not so easy to get into the mainstream of a DraftKings and uh, Penn Central and so forth, uh, Penn Gaming, that uh, it becomes like uh, a, a go-to stock. And so this takes time. With peak fintech, uh, it is just going to have, in my feeling, a monster year. Um, there's a there's a company that is I just mentioned to you on Nasdaq. I call it it's called Upstart. You know, good name, UPST. Also in peer to peer lending, and very very interesting comparable. Uh, they came public. Uh, I'm I could be wrong here. Six eight months ago at twenty dollars on Nasdaq. Yeah, both. they're one hundred and forty five dollars now. And uh, Kramer was on, they had their on a show and he said, don't sell, this is just the beginning. And uh, as people may know, um, uh, Peak FinTech is completing a prospectus financing in Canada and, and Canada and then going to NASDAQ. And I believe that once the US audience, which really is a window to Asia and everywhere else, finds out what this company is doing and how it's executing, like, my God, this is just gonna be a moonshot. Yeah, lending platform that's completely reorganizing lending in China and moving it from regional and who you know to a complete lending platform driven by artificial intelligence that matches George Calm over here with Sheldon Financial on the other side of the country. Two of us who normally never would have met, but through AI, we're a perfect match. You get the customer you're looking for. I get the loan I'm looking for, and away you go. I PKK, unbelievable things. Um, Imagine AR, uh, IP, our good friend, Alan Paul Silverstein there. Uh, you found that company, you put your money where your mouth is in the sub five cents 
when nobody was thinking about augmented reality, nobody was thinking about Imagine AR as, as a company itself. And now it's just doing deals with some of the biggest names. Uh, today they announced that they're, you know, the AR is going to be incorporated with Grubhub and Megan the Stallion, Grammy award-winning superstar in a virtual concert. Uh, they've come a long way from the eerie otters or whatever they're called, uh, hockey and little <laughs> baseball teams, right? Another example, Sheldon, of how you found something when nobody else was looking. Yeah, I mean, uh, to use the phrase, there was a bit of hair on the deal. There was there were some issues. Uh, the lone surviving person is is Alan Paul, who's just is the company. He's done a phenomenal job, amazing work ethic, totally focused, and you know basically deserves the credit. Um, I helped in maybe restructuring the management team and the board and providing capital when capital was difficult. Augmented reality is a space people have talked about for years, but this is the year, I've said this before, for augmented reality. And one of the companies, one of your clients, um, uh, Liquid Avatar is now the name. Um, We made an introduction. It became an instant love affair. And now the segue is, which is really a sleeper that is to me going to be a killer app, at the right time is the whole area of non-fungible tokens, NFTs. And that I believe is perfectly suited for augmented reality. And Alan's figured it out. And certainly working with David Lukash now, uh, I I think it's a marriage made in heaven of taking advantage of that particular space. And I am just extremely bullish on Imagine AR. And, And by looking at the volumes and the quality of the investors now, that you know, no longer the traders that are approaching Alan and talking about their research they've done on the companies and how they feel, lends me to believe that this this has a huge amount of runway ahead of it. And uh, you know, I'm extremely impressed with what Alan's pulled off, but I think the timing is finally right. You know, you undersold yourself there a little bit, and that's okay. That's like you, but you know, putting three, four, five hundred thousand dollars into a company you know, sub five cents that needed some help and all that. Uh, that's the kind of investment that you're able to make because you have the experience, you have the knowledge, you know how to how to really get, how to really figure out a great risk reward scenario because there's always risk, right? But you, and for shareholders at home, that's paid off because look at the net asset value of, of, of uh, 3D Capital now, $1.27 a share. But when, Sheldon was making the investments like these and PKK and Imagine AR, and we're going to talk about Loop Insights in a second. You know, the straw, 3D Capital is trading at five or 10 cents. If you didn't know how to find these companies, you didn't have to. All you had to do was invest in Sheldon at 3D Capital and you get that lift. And I think that's what people really are, are realizing. But for all new people coming on, you really need to, you know, you really need to understand that because Sheldon gets does the research and the due diligence you just can't do. Uh, and, and I love to see the, the impact of that. Loop Insights also is another fa- fan favorite. So let's talk about them for a second uh, and how you see their future coming along. Yeah, it's a name that we're just extremely excited about. Uh, sometimes you have to decouple the stock market from the company because uh, you know investors got very excited about this company. I believe it traded as high as 297. I didn't realize it was that high. Um, and, you know, basically, I guess, you know, over 
was you know overexcited in terms of the valuation for the time. It's come down, it's settled, but the company continues to get wins. Had a tremendous announcement last week on getting Sobeys on a five-store pilot. People don't realize that um, you know you have to do these pilots when you're large companies. You have to integrate the technology, and to me, it was just a massive endorsement of the type of technology that Loop has. And uh, I think that a lot of people initially started just looking at Loop as a contract tracing uh, company that could help in that arena, but that's just maybe 5% of the fundamental solution yeah. that they're gonna have to digitize the bricks and mortar um, marketplace. And just the potential there is staggering. And you know, now that the companies has a number of these wins, I'm just, presuming that we're going to see some rollout deals. I, I know that uh, a lot of people now are going to be looking for revenue and, and that makes sense. Um, sure. And, you know, and that's what, you know, where a company like Peak FinTech is probably six months to 12 months ahead of where Loop was because it already went through that whole phase and now is, is really having a growth rate on revenue. We'll, I think we're going to see the same thing with Loop. So we're extremely, extremely excited about and positive around uh, the prospects of Loop Insights. Hi, last question on that, for, and this is more for helping investors at home understand how things work. How do you size up the Sobeys pilot? Some investors will say, ah, it's just a pilot. They're going to throw in five stores. It may work, it may not. So we can't really add any, uh, you know, we can't really ascribe any value to that. How do you value that Sobeys pilot? How do you look at in terms of what it might turn into? Well, first thing, I know how these large enterprises work and they do an incredible amount of due diligence before they'll enter a pilot. Uh, the only reason why they enter pilots is they have to integrate new technology in a live format with their own technology platform. And the only way they can do that is by, in, is by doing a pilot. And five stores is not insignificant. It's not one store. And so my feeling is, is that they're convinced on how this is gonna work. Now they just have to get out the, the growing pains of introducing new technology to their own. And there's always things that have to be adjusted, et cetera. But um, I, I'm highly confident that this is gonna work for them. And then the rollout is just absolutely probably mind boggling in terms of revenue and license fees and so forth. I'm not privy to anything there, but I. I know that when these companies announce something like this, they probably already have it in a store, right. have tested it, and now we're integrating it and feel comfortable because the last thing they're gonna do is put their reputation on the line because this is a disruptive technology. This is a different way of them running a retail store, which has typically very low margins. So the margin for error is very, very high in terms of the impact for them and their bottom line and and how they're viewed by their customers, et cetera. So I, I view it as a tremendously positive event, um, but I think that, you know, I'll call it matrix or loop. In some people's eyes, okay, we know it works now. We wanna see the revenue. So I think the, there's a disconnect in the short run here between investors wanting to see that these are revenue generating deals and that's where I think the other side of some people who are a bit grumpy uh, need to have the patience. And it's patience. This company is still a young company 
and is introducing multiple verticals of, uh, of disruptive tech to a space that really needs it. So uh, I think it's all going to turn out like really well. Yeah. And thanks for providing that summary. I want to get your angle on how you, how you size up that opportunity. Cause some people think it's just an audition. Whereas for you, it sounds like, nope, that's a check mark in there in just the process of a major enterprise. Cause you're not going to roll out 1500 stores on day one. You get, you get, you're going to test out in five just cause you have to, to be smart yeah. about it. Right. Yeah. Right. And no, I think it's hundred percent positive. Let's talk about some of the new stuff. You've, <laughs> there's a lot. Um, I'm going to go by size because I could have gone chronological at Amped Ventures, AMPD, uh, edge computing uh, that is going to help cloud computing for low latency. So so for video games, esports, animation, you invested $525,000 there, 3D Capital. What do you see at Amped Ventures that you like so much? Oh, again, disruptive technology. Um something that really is a problem right now for esports as one example but they're not just in esports they're going to be in visual effects in in movies and and all kinds of other technologies that you know are very sophisticated and you know reducing latency in a in a video game is everything and is the difference sure. between winning and losing so i think this is a company that um uh was just quietly not out there, um, needed some capital to grow and to get some of the right partnerships of which we are also working with them now on partnering them with our esports portfolio of which they really think that there's a great synergy uh, effect potentially with. So we're helping them in that regard, but uh, extremely positive, extremely capable management that have had 20 years experience in the field and they've partnered with, with, with the big guys. They've partnered with NVIDIA and they've partnered with Intel and AMD. So there's res, there, there is respect for their technology at that base level. Uh, ePlay Digital is another one where I think almost that almost has the feel of Imagine AR. You said earlier, hey, uh, Imagine AR had a little hair on the deal. It needed a little cleaning up, a little, little help. ePlay Digital, I, I feel feels the same way because I've known that story for for a few years. Uh, you know, as, as, has has had some progress, comes back, never been able to break through, and now here comes 3D Capital to take a substantial position. Do you feel that's the same kind of setup like Imagine AR, where you walk in and just help clean it up, help inject some capital and some structure to finally let it break through? Well, I, I think they're different. Um, I don't think it's a company that needs cleaning up. It needs to be a company that needed some capital and some partners, uh, yeah, maybe, I mean, yeah. maybe some advisory. Uh, they are speaking with Imagine AR, as you, as we, as you mentioned, uh, uh, as a, 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 a comparable type of company. Um, we are introducing them to others. They've been working with Howie Mandel, the actor, and... Uh, and a game host, etc., and they've got three verticals that we find pretty exciting potentially. Uh, but it's still early days, but that's okay. Um, and we feel that the the capital they've been undercapitalized for a long time. For sure. And now I believe this capital and exposure is going to help them accelerate their development plans. And early days is where you like to be, right, Sheldon? Yeah. You yeah. 3D capital doesn't come to the party late. You're not a Momo player. You're not a FOMO player. You like to be there early. 
when yeah. so yeah so i'm excited to see how that how that plays out in telebridge uh you did three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars there a blockchain company that's focused on DeFi, decentralized finance solutions which most people don't even know what that is but you better learn um i guess you're bullish on on DeFi, and that's why you're making the investment to intellibridge yeah they're going to come out with their own token um they're going to be in the crypto world uh they have very serious technology the company's based over just outside of paris so it's an international company uh, they're going to focus on the Latino market in South America, like Argentina, and they've already have a lot of um, stickiness and a lot of bigger companies want to partner now with them and utilize their token. So, uh, you know, fintech, DeFi, yes, all the right verbiage, but uh, a little company to follow. Uh, and finally, there's Birchtree. Now, you did make another investment in Windfall Geotech. We've talked about them before. This is the artificial, this is the company used artificial intelligence to find mines. Uh, maybe talk, maybe see if there's an update there from you. You know, what's new, what's your windfall before we go talk, on, talk about Birch Street? Well, it's funny you say mines. Uh, you know, originally the premise was to find, you know, mines as in gold mines and copper mines and so forth using their tool, uh, their card tool but now they've expanded into landmines. And that was you know, a new addition uh, with a company called Dragonfly, which has really very sophisticated drone technology where they can use, use the drones in combination with the tool that Windfall has, which basically finds iron formations. So they can use that tool on the drone. The drone can go out there and find the landmine. And that is a very dangerous thing. And, you know, many people die per day because of the legacy of all these wars where they're embedded landmines and more new landmines are being put into conflict areas as we speak. Right. So this is a way to do it on a cost effective basis because it's very expensive, as well as both reduce the risk of, of human life in, in going, finding and, and defusing these landmines as well as obviously a lot of the innocent victims like children that are killed every day because they stumble on these mines, not knowing they're there. And it's a massive market. I didn't realize how big of a market it was. I don't want to quote it, but I remember when we had the interview with them, it was absolutely massive market. But the other part that I didn't realize, and it's just, that's what was great talking to them is that when they clear out an area, when they can use their AI to predict where most of the most of the landmines, if all the landmines should be, and they get to the point where they clear them out, it creates economic prosperity, right? Uh, for in the tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, because I never thought about that. If there are landmines two kilometers down the road from my house, chances are there's not going to be much development going on around here. <laughs> I don't think so. So yeah, yeah so no, it's just a great, you know, they're saving human lives and they're creating prosperity in parts of the world that, that really, really need it. Yeah, they free up a lot of real estate. Another one of those stories where people are slowly going to wrap their mind around it, I think, until it really takes on more and more momentum, which again, you're there early. So if you're there early, everyone at home, you got you to be early and take a look at it as well. The last one is Birchtree. This one is clouded in complete secrecy because I think... I think you set a record for the shortest press release in history. Okay. You did, we've invested $500,000. 
and we've acquired 10 million shares in Birch Tree. We've done that by issuing 430 some odd thousand shares of IDK. Boom, that's it. Nothing else. Is there anything you can tell us about uh, an investment of that size? Are you able to share or were you cryptic for a reason and we just got to stay tuned? No, it's, it's a private company. It's going to go public. It's uh, part of Mike Frank's stable and Mike is behind Revive and Digi and a bunch of uh, successful tech and biotech companies. And this is going to be uh, like an investment vehicle, but it's going to be invested in a number of strategic investments uh, like 3D, but not totally clear at this point, the direction, but I believe it's probably going to go into crypto. And it's an area that we want to get more exposure to. Um, so we're, it's a startup, but it will be going public here in the coming months. And last but not least, your net asset value. When you put out for, when you put out your, uh, your last one for the, and that was based on your financials for the year ended December 31st, 89 cents per share in net asset value. Then when you put out your first monthly one for the month of January, which came out mid-February, you're at 90 cents. And now your most recent one for the period ended February 28th, $1.27. So that's great that you're doing a monthly now because we really get a quick snapshot. But how is quick, clearly the portfolio is starting to yield results, right? Because that's NAV for you. And you're trading under NAV, by the way. How, um, uh, How confident are you? How great are you feeling about the structure of 3D Capital's portfolio investments right now? And how the oh, future I, looks. I'm, you know, I, you know, I'll, 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 I'll speak for greater than the period of a month because, as we all know, the, you know, we're we're subject to the market. Uh, we've been compared to Arc Financial, for example, and Arc Financial uh, is in disruptive technologies, if you will, but on the scale of a Tesla, where we're on the micro micro cap. But uh, you know, we had a correction in the tech space. It just really took the wind out of the sales of a lot of companies. Despite that, we still did good. Yep. Uh, but but uh, the price, you know, we were trading above NAV. We should be trading at two to two and a half times NAV in my experience of how I think uh, this is going to play out. Uh, but even ARC went through a, a, a substantial correction. So, um, but decoupling what our share price trades at um, I think all the companies that we positioned in are, are really going to make a lot of progress this year. Uh, and, you know, when we look at companies like Peak Fintech or Matrix, they become now the senior uh, or, or GMBL should be the most senior of all. Yet those companies are all still just beginning their trajectory. Uh, but in terms of value, uh, they're starting to get engaged. And we expect that theme to be pervasive amongst a lot of the names that we talked about here today. Uh, it's just, it's just our business. You know, we get, we get involved at a, at a stage where there's a lot of catalysts to come. They need expansion capital. They, they need sometimes some help with partnerships and advice. And that's what we do. So we're, you know, we're, we're hands-on uh, in our portfolio. And that's great that you say that. I actually liked how you, you said that, 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 Peak FinTech, GMBL, even Loop, they're the veterans of the portfolio right now. They've grown up. You know, last night I was watching, I love this six-part series on lions in Africa. And you're constantly in the state of, you got the old guard, 
you've got the teenagers and you've got the little cubs and that's what you've got. But your old guard, Peak Fintech, Loop, and so on, GMBL, they're nowhere close to being old guys. I think you got the, your oldest your oldest uh, investments there are teenagers, you can say, still have a way to go. And now you're starting to bring up the cubs behind them. A lot of growing up still to happen. Uh, exciting times, man. Great to see uh, you putting your money where your mouth is uh, just by the number of investments. And we, we couldn't even go over all of them, but we covered a pretty good amount of your teenagers and your cubs. Maybe we'll use that as a theme from now on, uh, but we covered them. Last words to you on what shareholders, because you're right, there has been a bit of state of flux. I've gone out and told people, Never care when the stock price goes too high. Never care when it goes too low. As long as the business is intact, you want to remain. Maybe you want to give some your last word, you know, some knowledge to shareholders in the small cap space who may be impatient and, and lose out on great opportunities. Yeah, I think that uh, I've said this before. Understand what you're investing in. And if, in fact, you're investing in something that you have conviction for, you know, you know, do a sound check every so often and make sure right. that it's it's what you think you invested in and then show some patience. And sometimes the best way to do that is if you have a big gain in something, take your money off the table, you know, put less pressure on yourself because, you know, as I used to always say, take there's your another... capital off the table, your initial investment, right. not the whole right. thing. Take your capital, right. take your initial investment, take the pressure off yourself and provide some bandwidth so that you can make new investments because it's sort of like the streetcars. They just keep coming and uh, there'll always be another one. And the next one will always look fresher and better than the one you're already in. Uh, you know, I think uh, you should be cautious, balance your risks so that you're not caught in an emotional state where because you know what, uh, it's a bad COVID day or there's something else that macro wise affects the market, then it affects your disposition. The next thing you know, you sell something that really you just sold because, you know, you felt you, you know, that's how you felt emotionally. So understand that. And, um, and then if there is something you don't like, or you have fundamentally changed your mind, then that's cool too. Um, uh, so really, I mean, there's a lot of new entrants into this marketplace. There's a lot of activity. There's a lot of stories. Um, and, you know, all I say is do your own work, do your own research, reference check what you're involved in, try to read as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, and, be, and, and if you can exercise patience, you'll look back and realize that that was the best way to get to maximize your returns. And I, I like to emphasize, if I may, the part about how you said, take the pressure off. I had a friend of call me last week who had put $30,000 into Imagine AR around five or six cents. So he's up 10X. And this is you know, a big gain. He's like, what do I do? I said, look, I can't tell you what to do, but remove the pressure by, just take out your initial investment, your $30,000. Take that out, put it, on, take, put it back in your pocket. And now it buys you the time to be patient and let Imagine either grow uh, and you keep growing or God forbid it stumbles. And then you can just take your profits and move on to the next one. And he called me last night and he thanked me, said, Hey, you know what? You're right. By doing that, it took the pressure off. I didn't have to think about imagine AR as an all or nothing. 
uh, and now I can give it time to grow. So I think that's a really valuable lesson for everyone at home because that's where you've always made your big gains, right, Sheldon? You don't make your big gains in one or two or three months. You make them in two or three or four years, but you have to have the conviction to stay, do the channel check, like you said, make sure they're on track, but then you stay with it and you avoid the temptation of selling into peaks or selling into valleys just because of pressure, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, well said. Thanks for joining us, Sheldon, as always, man. Love these talks. Congratulations on, an, on a nav that keeps rising. Congratulations on some of your investments like Peak Fintech. Great to see that they're going to be graduating up to the NASDAQ. GMBL's already done it. More are going to come uh, and can't wait to have you on next time. Okay. Thank you, George. Great to see you. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform to Sheldon Inwintosh. Doesn't need any more introduction to that, but he is the chairman CEO of 3D Capital, trades on the CSC under IDK, and for our friends in the U.S., under IDKFF. For those who knew, who are new, and it's going to be a lot of you who are millennials who are really starting to come to the space, Get do your research. Start off at Agoracom. Go to the IDK forum uh, hub there. Take a look at their profile. Find out who Sheldon is, the kind of success he's had in the past. And then to get specifics about what 3D Capital is doing, use the link on Agoracom to hop over to 3D Capital site and keep track of the investments they're making in tech and resources. They update, they update that every month. And, uh, and also what investments they're making on a regular basis. And hopefully you discovered your next great small cap company. Have a great day. See you next time.